my intention in this conversation today is to really help us all get to a place where it's just like you give because that's just the natural, obvious, normal thing to do. The reality is that the energy that is money, that is time, that is wisdom, that is anything that we have the ability to share with somebody else is not ours. It is a gift, you call it, we call it from the creator, from the universe. It is a gift given to us. There's actually something called the warm glow effect, and it's that amazing, pleasurable feeling you get when you give. I mean, it's scientifically proven, and the more that you give it, the more you actually look for that that feeling, right? It, 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 there is nothing more rewarding and satisfying as putting others before yourself. If you want to have the most amazing life, if you want to have the most joy, the most fulfillment with everything that you have, the only way, it's that simple, I believe, is by making sure that you're giving. Welcome to the Spiritually Hungry Podcast, episode 23. We're excited that you're joining us on this Giving Tuesday. Yes. And so we thought that the podcast should be exactly about that, about giving and charity and sharing and the ways that we do that. I often tell you um, and share with you how much our kids inspire me and really motivate me to see the world through their eyes, um, especially their first experiences of things that happen to them in the world that maybe we don't take notice of anymore because it's just normal. It's funny, just I didn't mean to cut you off, but just today, Abigail. You said a lot, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, I mean to cut you off then. Um, Abigail today was, was had a candle lit here in the office and uh, she was with me here and then she... Um, uh, said, you know, you should give your next lecture about how a candle is like our soul. It's always trying to go up. Oh, I love that, uh, yeah. my little spunky. Oh, I have to write that in my book of quotes, the children's book of quotes. Um, but the story I want to share, and I've, I've told you this before, but it was um, a little while ago, and Abigail was having a dilemma over her grapes. She had a bowl of grapes, and she had pulled them out or a bag of grapes and um didn't you tell the story on a podcast no i told it at a different thing that we did <laughs> but thank you for that um, i want to make sure that our listeners i'm certain are, i gave yes. it great thought and it. intention of what i wanted to share today <laughs> so she took out her bag and one by one the children that were there came over and asked her you know can i have one can i have one and now I think she got one for herself actually in this process and she was down to her last grape. And a child comes over and asks, you know, can I have one? And I could see Abigail, she kind of looked at me and I could tell she wanted the grape, but then pretty quickly she decided to share her last grape. And, you know, in all honesty, I was like, oh my God, I don't have more snacks. She's gonna be hungry, maybe she should have had the last grape. But of course I was so proud that she made that choice. And it got me thinking that children are much simpler in their giving than adults are. We don't give the way that children do because we have more hangups around our giving, which we're going to unpack and go through. But uh, I think a big part of that is that we wanna make sure that our generosity is going to somebody we think is deserving of receiving it. And also that it will be appreciated. And I don't think children have that calculation or that agenda when they decide to share. So yeah, for it's, instance- it's, it's definitely true, right? Yeah. They don't, they just give. Yeah. Because in our experience, what we've seen with, with kids. Yeah. For the most part. Um, like even if we walk by a homeless person who clearly is in need, right? We calculate, you know, how are they going to spend the money we're going to give them? What are they going to do with it? Or we judge them for being in the situation they're in. Or if we decide to give, we might give a dollar when we have $5 in our pocket, right? But, and that's, 
one example, but the reality is even with those people who we like or even love. Yeah, we're not we're there often, yet, though. We're okay. going to get into all of that. Um, but it's a cra- kind of a crazy thought and reality. It's a, it's a, yeah, that we concept. are so calculated in our giving, which is sad. And then when we do give, sometimes you know it's out of obligation, right? Even with family members, or we give it with a little bit of resentment, um, or you know we don't, or, or judgment even. One of my favorite, I'm not sure if you're, one of my favorite, I guess, goals and teachings is around generosity of spirit, right? And it's not just about giving, giving money or, you know, the, the, and you meet people you. in life, right? And there, you can tell, and hopefully we aspire to that where there are people who you can tell they're really of generous spirit, whether they're giving you, you know, money or, or gift or their time. No, they just get such joy and delight, not only giving, but watching you receive. Right, um, right. I've seen that with our kids as well. But there was a quote from Pope Francis I actually really liked, um, and he was talking about the practice of giving, and he said that there are many excuses to justify why one does not give to a beggar. Because if I give money and he just spends it on wine, right, um, then why would I give for that? But then Pope Francis continues, he says, giving something to someone in need is always right, right? So so what if they're enjoying a, a glass, of, they buy a bottle of wine with it or whatever it is, but why is it for us, why do we assign ourselves to be so um, unforgiving of those who really need judgmental. It's interesting because the Talmud, for it speaks when it speaks about charity, it says that if somebody was a very wealthy man, charity to him would be even to buy him a carriage of beautiful horses, because you know that's what he was used to before he lost his money. And that idea that again, it's important to remove our judgment as much as we can from our giving. Yeah, I think that that's a, a place to start. Um, there was also, this really inspired me too, and I, I just want to set up with these kinds of like real examples because I think we're really far, a lot of us, of where we are at with with our giving and and how we give and who we think is deserving of it. And I think my intention in this conversation today is to really help us all get to a place where it's just like you give because that's just the natural obvious, normal thing to do, right? I want to make this a normal idea, but there was this episode of Chopped. I think most people know what this program is. It's a food program on the Food Network. And basically you have 30 minutes and you get mystery ingredients and, you know, whoever comes with the most creative, but also edible, tasteful um, dish after the three, you know, first course, main, and then dessert is the winner. So in this one episode, um, this one chef, he could see this, there's like four people and you're in one big kitchen, but you have your own area. And he could see in the station next to him, the chef was really struggling on how to dismantle a crab. He hadn't worked with a crab before. So the, the, the first chef, you know, leans over and he says, you know, if you use scissors, it will really help. And then he goes on to instruct him. Now they have very little time on the clock, right? For each course. He goes on to show him how to do it. So when they go to the round of the first round of judges in the first competition, the judge says, "You know what? What are you doing? Nice guys don't win, or, or they finish last." Yeah, and the guy kind of said, "Well, you know, it was just the the nice thing to do. You know, I wanted he needed help. I wanted to help him." And you could already see with this one chef that he wasn't really there to win. He was so enjoying the process of it all. He was enjoying the experience of it. And in essence, he had already won, right? Because did he win this episode? Or was he and he up? no, and he did win did ultimately. Win. But he, he, but he was already winning because right. he was winning this thing called life. And I thought that was so inspiring because it's so against what we see as natural that people even question 
when people act kindly in those ways, especially when it might take something away from themselves in giving to another. Right. And when I think about it, and I, you know, we do have this opportunity both in, amongst ourselves, but really when we talk to other people and to students. And for me, I always like to start with the benefit that we receive. You know, we know that spirituality is not really... Well, there's many benefits, but you want to start with the spiritual benefit. Right? The spiritual because benefit also for, to the individual. And health, and yes. it, it, it all supports this thing. But let's start with the spirit. Right. Because I think that one of one of the aspects that will truly motivate, hopefully, our listeners and ourselves to become greater givers, and more, more important, maybe not so much even just the action of giving, but the generosity of spirit in the giving, Right? You can have two people give the same thing, but one of them is clearly doing it with a generous spirit, and the other one is not doing it for other reasons. And that is this, that we do not own what is ours. And again, that's a big concept, but I think it's really important to understand that money that we have, time that we have, wisdom that we have, is not ours. Once you take ownership on it, once you really think, the reason I have this money in my pocket or my bank account is because I'm the smartest person in the world and I earned it, it's all mine, by the way, you might be very smart, and you might have earned it, but the reality is that the energy that is money, that is time, that is wisdom, that is anything that we have the ability to share with somebody else, is not ours. It is a gift, you call it, we call it from the Creator, from the universe. It is a gift given to us. And the question then becomes, if I understand that. that well, a lot of people don't see it that way. They think it's their blood, sweat, and tears that got them to where they are, or their intelligence. But the reality is... Or the sacrifices right, they made through choose, their life. Two people and and I this. agree with you, obviously, but I really want to unpack it a bit more, because I think that even often when people pursue things in life, a career or whatever it is that they've now accumulated, they really think it was on their own earning alone on their own will, you know, their own desire, their own hard work. And I don't know how often people really see it as a partnership with something greater than that. Right. But I, I, I would say, I would posit that you'd have to be even slightly intelligent to realize <laughs> that, that there are people as smart, if not smarter than you, that yes, it might be that you are smart and that you worked really hard and you really put in hours. But at the end of the day, there were many other factors that came into the fact that you now have that dollar in your bank account. And, you know, I, I quoted this before in one of our podcasts, and this is true, but Bill Gates said that, you know, in order for him to have the success that he had, a million things had to go his way. Mm -hmm. So no matter how smart Bill Gates was, no matter how inherently intelligent he was, and no matter how much time and effort he put in, he, he realizes that there were many uh, millions and millions of other factors. And I think that most people, at least if you think about it, you realize, again, as I sit here right now, and I you know, and I have the, the opportunity to, to have gained some knowledge, some wisdom, and I have the opportunity to share it with other people. I know that the reason why I have, I have had that and have that is not because I'm the smartest person in the world or, or I invested the most amount of hours. I think that there's, you know, I did invest time and I did take the time to study, but at the end of the day, there are other factors. And we call it the creator, you can call it the universe, but the reality is you have to start there. Let me challenge you for a second. Do you think a person needs to be conscious that there is the energy of the light of the creator? Because I, I wonder, right? If, okay, well, first answer the question. I'll yeah, I, I question. think absolutely yes, because the question would have to be, why are there so many people that have whatever it is? It could be money, it could be time, it could be knowledge, and are unhappy. What, what makes money joyful? What makes time joyful? What makes any gift that we have joyful? Mm. And, and my answer to that would be, that there's an energy in it. 
And that energy either comes or goes. But it's not just the dollar amount. It's not just the amount of time. It's not just the wisdom. And and I think the the, the good thing is... We I think are, it's also appreciation of all of those Well, things. that's part of it, right? But again, appreciation because it gives more energy into right, the gifts that you have. can't exist unless you are already in an elevated state of consciousness and awareness. Exactly. And, but that's why I think that the most important reason why we should be motivated to give, and I can, I know for myself, one of the main reasons that I am motivated to share in whatever way that I can, is because I know that if I want the gifts that I have to be giving me endless joy, I need to be sharing of them. And that's just a spiritual rule. You can, and you know, we look in the world, there are many people who, who try to fight that reality. It doesn't end well. So what I would say to our listeners is that any gift that you have, again, some of our listeners have money that they could share, some of our listeners have other gifts that they can share, some of our listeners have wisdom they can share, some of our listeners have time that they can share. What I'm saying, and I, and I can say this not just because I've seen this as reality in my own life, but I've seen this in the reality of thousands of people, that when you take the time and the effort to share of your gifts because you know that they're not mine, but they're given to me, and they're given to me for the reason of sharing them with other people, and the most important benefit that I get from sharing my gifts is that I get to enjoy what remains with me. And that is the most important thing. You know, there's a, there's a verse that says, unfortunately, often, wealth given to a person for his detriment. Right? There are many people who have gifts. And not only does it not bring them pleasure and enjoyment and fulfillment, as a matter of fact, it is often the road to their demise, or at least the road to their unhappiness. Can you expand on that? Does it say more about why certain people... We've yes. talked about this, but yes. I think it's really interesting. Yes. When a person's ego right. takes over the gift, and that thought is, you know, there's a verse, my strength and my genius has brought this to me on its own, I am the sole, therefore, proprietor, the sole owner of any one of my gifts. That thought, that consciousness around the gifts that we have... Kind of makes a sever of... Exactly. It cuts it off from its source. Call it the creator, call it the universe. It cuts it off from the source. No gift. Which it's is like, kind of like, then there's a limb left, but it's a lifeless limb. Exactly. It's like if you, if you take fruit, if you take any, a limb off a tree... Right, so it stays, you know, for the it's it's still, you know, for the first day. Yeah, flowers, right? You cut flowers, beautiful for the first five days, six days. I remember the first time Abigail picked a flower off something. She's like, "What happened to it?" She picked it so beautiful to give to me, right? And then within, you know, slowly, minute by minute, they wither wither and then they die. And that's unfortunately, and again, this is both sad and maybe scary, but also exciting and inspiring. Is that most of us, all of us, have gifts. The choice that we have is not whether we get gifts. We all get gifts. But do they remain alive? Or are they dead? And again, this is why you can find many people with great gifts, many people with great money, or even many people with just money, who do not get the chance to enjoy them, and maybe more importantly, don't have the chance to extract from them the amount of joy and energy and fulfillment that they can. So for our listeners, and, and I can say that this is really what drives, I know a lot of my desire to, to be giving, I know two things for sure. Whatever gifts I have, I did not receive them simply by dint of my work. Yes, I invested time, effort, and so on. But the reality is there, is, there, there are greater forces that allowed me to, 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 to hold on to that gift, to receive that gift. 
And the only way that I can make sure that my gifts remain alive, and alive, therefore, they give me pleasure and joy, that any money that I have, any wisdom that I have, any time that I have is invested with great joy and fulfillment, is if I'm giving a portion of them. Now, biblically, they, they, say, they say at least 10% of your time, of your money, of your gift. And why is That's it 10%? What keeps it alive. Well, it's actually, and again, here we can go a little, a little bit deeper, because they say it's, it's between 10 and 20%. <laughs> 10 and 20%. Because what happens when, when you're, let's say you have, um, let, let's say, you know, we can use money, but time maybe is easier for people to understand, because there's not, no, none of our listeners does not have some time that they can use to share with other people. 24-hour period in a day, you sleep for 16 hours, you have 16 hours. You have to work eight or nine hours, you still have another, you know, amount of hours you can give. If you don't share any of those hours, what you're saying actively, this is mine. It's all mine. And therefore, I can decide to give you an hour of my time or not. It's all mine. Mm. That consciousness, it's all mine, makes my hours dead. So whether I don't, if I don't give you that hour, that hour is not going to be alive. Not only is that that one hour not going to be alive for me, the other 24 hours of mine are not going to have the life force that they're meant to have. So the importance, and this is why, again, I don't view sharing as a nice thing to do. And my father would often say this quote, it's the, one of the most selfish and selfish in a good way, things that we must do. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy my 24 hours. I want to enjoy the money that I have in my bank. I want to enjoy the wisdom that I have. I want to enjoy whatever gift that I have. And I know that there's one way to make sure that it's alive if I give a portion of it. You give 10% of it, you give 20% of it, your choice. But what the action... Now, by the way... And it's not just in, with money. It's oh, also it's, it's, with time. Absolutely. Um, it's anything any, that any, you want to be alive. And it's any way that you're... Again, that's why it's selfish, right? You're giving without thinking of yourself, but in the giving, you're actually giving the most. By the way, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's. I have to. I'm being honest. I don't. I mean, again, sometimes you know, you just do the actions. Hopefully, you're in the you're in the routine of giving, so you just give for no reason. I can say that I actively think about this every day. No, we both are looking for active ways to give. Every because day. I not not but, just because not because I'm a good person or a spiritual person. No, but it feels amazing. I don't know of anything that feels better than that. There's actually something called the warm glow effect, and it's that amazing, pleasurable feeling you get when you give. I mean, it's scientifically proven, and the more that you give it, the more you actually look for that that feeling. Right? It, it's it, there is nothing more rewarding and satisfying as putting others before yourself. Right. And I, but I would say the reason for that, the spiritual reason behind that, is because by giving, you're actually giving life to the rest of that that you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. So then it makes everything that you have, have that Alive. kind of energy that, that keeps feeding you and keeps exactly. giving you and keeps nurturing you. And that's why there's a, there's a verse in the Bible, it says, and this is understood in many different ways, but the verse literally translated says, charity, right, giving, will save from death. It's the original Hebrew. Now we understand it in a deeper way. It saves all of your gifts from dying. You have wisdom. You don't want it to die, which means you want to continue to enjoy it. You have time. You don't want it to die. You want to continue to enjoy share, it. Share, share, share of it. it. Share of Give all a percent of it. Of it mm-hmm. And then what is left in your hand, 
will remain alive. Well, it's interesting. I don't know about you, but if I'm studying something with the intention of sharing it, I remember it. If I'm just reading something for myself alone, it's like, ah, well, what was that? It's a completely, it takes on different form. And it does have life to it, actually, because Uh, the intention is that it's, this is going to go through me to somebody else, whatever that one, that thing is. And actually, there's a beautiful teaching from, of Kolon's Kamashok Piasetsna, who says, and he writes this about himself, that he thanked his students because, in his words, he did not necessarily deserve the wisdom that he got. Mm-hmm. But because he had students who wanted to receive wisdom for him, the Creator sent wisdom mm-hmm. through him. Very powerful. And, and that's kind of a, another important spiritual trick. You want to have more money? And that's why, by the way, it says in the Talmud, it. <laughs> exactly, it says, give a tenth so that you will become wealthy. That's literally the quote. Give a tenth of your money so that you become wealthy. Because what happens is when the, and this is the system at work, this is, again, you call it the creator or call it the universe. When the, what did when, you say last week? The, the guy in the sky? Yeah, the guy the in the sky. Guy you, like, sky. you like that? The big guy in the sky? <laughs> Somebody actually texted me today. It's like, Michael said. The guy in the sky? Yeah. Um, um, that, 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 that the system, the way it works is that when you are giving of, again, 10 to 20% of whatever it is, the gift that you have, you get more of it and more of it and more of it. And there's actually, do I have time for, it's a little lengthy story, but it's one of my favorite yeah. stories. So there was a great Kabbalist, his name was the opera. I'll buzz you if it's... Yes, a, kick me, kick me under the I'll table. That's Ow. a secret. What, <laughs> come on. Um, so <laughs> he, he was a great Kabbalist. He had thousands of students and people would come to him for spiritual problems and physical problems as well. And he had a student who was very close with, to him, who was also very wealthy. And whenever... A student came to the Abtar Rebbe with a problem. He needed money. He needed a loan. He needed financial assistance. The Abtar Rebbe would say, go to my student and he will help you. His name was Jacob. Go to Jacob. And this went on for years. Every time a student came to the Abtar Rebbe for, for, uh, with financial problems, he would send him to a student, Jacob. Jacob would help and the student would either repay the loan or whatever. One year, uh, Jacob was going through some financial challenges, and the Abtar Rebbe sent a student who was having needed a loan to Jacob. And Jacob said, listen, whenever our teacher sends students to me, I always share of my money, I always lend of my money. This is not a good time for me. I'm really so sorry. Please tell our teacher, the, the, the Kabbalist, now I, I can't help now. The teacher kept on sending students. Then the third student came back to the Kabbalist, to the Abtar Rebbe. The Abtar Rebbe said, you know what? I have another student. His name is Joseph. Joseph is not very wealthy. But I know he he listened to my words. Tell him that I asked for him to help you. So the student goes to Joseph, says, listen, I'm having financial difficulties. I need a loan. Can you help me? And Joseph, who does not have any money, not a wealthy man, he says, you know what? If our teacher said that I can help, I will help. And he went, took the time. He went all over town asking for people to lend him money so he can lend the money to that student. And this kept happening. So the, the, the Abtar Rebbe kept sending students who needed financial help no longer to Jacob, but to Joseph, mm-hmm. who was not. And over the next few months, suddenly Joseph's fortunes started changed. Started having a lot of money. He started, <laughs> business started going much better for him. He started making more money and more money and more money. And Jacob, the previously wealthy student, started losing his money. So after a few months of this, Jacob realizes what happened, right? He really messed up. He should have, even though he had his financial difficulties, he should have listened to his teacher and helped all other students who came to him. So he comes to his teacher, he says, listen, I realize what happened. I'm so, please forgive me. I realize that because I stopped sharing my money with the rest of your students, therefore I've lost my money. And I see that Joseph, who is now helping the rest of the students, has gotten so much money, please forgive me so that this loss of money stops so I can gain back my wealth. And then the Abtar Rebbe says, you, you completely misunderstood what has been happening. He says, let me tell you the truth. 
before I came down into this world, I it was seen that I was going to be a leader, that I was going to have many students, people would come to me with problems. So they said, you know what, you need to be wealthy so that you have money to share, so that when people come to you with problems, you can help them on a physical level as well as the spiritual. But I said, my soul said, you know, I, I really don't want to be involved worrying about so much money, taking care of so much money. I proposed, my soul said, that whatever wealth that is mine, you give to one of my close students. They'll listen to me. They'll do with my money whatever I want done. Mm-hmm. That way I can help the students who need the money and I don't have to worry about it. So Jacob, he says to him, you were never holding on to your money. You were holding on to my money. And as long as you were doing with my money what I wanted to be done, you got to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Once you stopped doing with my money what I wanted done, my money was given to somebody else, in this case, Joseph. This is both scary, but hopefully more importantly, inspiring and motivating to share. If you're sitting on a gift, and all of us are, the gift of time, the gift of money, the gift of wisdom, share it. It is not yours. You are given permission to hold on to it and enjoy it. And you're part of your responsibility. Is as long as you are given. giving parts of it to others. Mm-hmm. And then you get to hold on to it, and then you actually get it to grow, and more importantly, get to enjoy it. That's really powerful. I really like that. Thank you. Because I don't think that people ever look at it in that way at all. Again, it comes back to the ego version of success and why I have, and and that's that also gives us permission to look down at those who don't have, like the beggar on the street or anybody else in any other situation that is less fortunate, right? right. And then that becomes your get out of free card. Like I don't need to give, you know, I, I worked hard for this. They should they should have an honest day's work. You know, it becomes that exactly. kind of conversation. That, and that, that's pure ego. And again, that's pure ego. And you know, there's that famous quote my mother would often say, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. Like, you know, the second you start thinking, looking down anybody for whatever, they don't have wisdom, they don't have, you know, intelligence, they don't have money. That what you're saying, consciously or unconsciously, I have what I have because I have earned it. It is mine, all mine, totally mine. That cuts it off. It cuts it off from source. It doesn't allow you to to receive. Even like you know, some working on a children's book. I keep thinking about you know, you have somebody who has a lot of money and they're in kingdom. They eat, they eat, and nothing, nothing satiates their appetite. It's never enough because every day, morning to evening, is spent. How can I have more things for me? And from that place, you know, you feel full, but in the really unfulfilling ways. Absolutely. Um, and I also want to talk about transformative sharing a little bit because, you know, I think a lot of people, um, even when we do give, right? Let's say people have a lot of money and they give in ways that are comfortable to them. That's of course very nice and that's great, but it's not going to create the spiritual transformation that can occur in giving. So for instance, if somebody as a billionaire, and they give a lot of money to charity and different organizations, of course, that's generous, right? But if they also spend most days yelling at their employees and berating them, the transformative way to share would then to be kind to them and find ways to give to those people instead of giving the millions or in addition to, right? There needs to be some aspect where we go against our nature and what's difficult for us or what doesn't come naturally. And again, using the example of the billionaire, but it's really any person, any one of us who gives 
I think it's really important that we... Well, my point in that story yeah. is that I don't think, I think we separate the two, right? Charity is I'm going to give in this way that's easier, but it's very generous. So also that feeds the ego. I feel good about myself. And then we don't actually look at the ways that we're not acting kindly to people because that's also sharing of our energy and our time and our essence, right? Which is probably more important and I don't think that people necessarily look at giving. They, we, we assign giving and sharing to certain in certain ways, right? This is the charity I'll give it to when I need to have a tax write-off in the year or whatever that is, right? And I do think actually it's even dangerous when, and sometimes this happens, and you know, and again, you have to be very wealthy for this to happen. I think this happens to all of us to some degree. When you're giving for the, for the pure purpose of your ego receiving, right? I want everybody to know that I'm such a good person. And again, not that this that 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 still that action you you know person that we feel good about ourselves. Like each person has to take personal inventory on why it is they give and, and the ways that they give. Right, right. But because, like we said before, I think one of the main reasons you want to give is because you want your blessings to be alive. You want your gifts to remain alive. And there's another part which I think you touched upon, and that is you know again another quote which my mother would often repeat. It's from the midrash. It says that when we come into this world, we come in with clenched fists. And when we leave this world, our hands are open. And what that means is that when we come into this world, we come with the ego, what we call the selfishness, what we call Kabbalistically, the desire to receive for the self alone. I want to take everything for myself. The way we're meant to leave this world is transformed, where we have given with open hands more than we have received. And one of the um, great Iraqi Kabbalists, uh, mm-hmm. the Ben Ishchai, said that you know if you look at the ha- human hand, and right, four fingers are basically, the four fingers are on the same level, or the eight fingers are on the same level. And then the, the thumbs, right, are on a lower level. They represent the 20%, right? If you have 10 fingers, the two thumbs represent the 20%. And that is that... You're going to play a game? Yes, yeah, let's play a game. What's the game? What game? <laughs> okay, we're playing <laughs> this know, one. You remember this fun. one? <laughs> Wait, does this have a name? Does this one have a name? Uh, or those who are, who are listening to us can, let's you know when you put this hands. Anyway, so... Um, well, this 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 uh, podcast isn't about competition, but we'll save that for the next time. Because we know I would win. <laughs> <laughs> um, except in Scrabble, you always win in Scrabble. Okay, Mr. Bird. Um, what was I saying? Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yes. So that when the hands are open, you are aware of the fact that really only eighty percent is yours, and twenty percent represented by the thumbs, the one fifth, the twenty, the two, two out of ten. That's what you need to share with the world. That's what you need to share with others, and. That really needs to be our life progression. If I, we know that each one of us came to this world to reveal our potential, our soul, our light, however you want to refer to it. And the only way that that happens is if I am actively sharing of myself, at least 20%. There is no way of being born into this world and leaving this world as we are meant to, which means having grown and, and revealed our potential unless we have been giving at least 20% money, time, and that's a choice. gifts. And it must be a choice. It has to be a choice because it's not going... <laughs> and again, sometimes, you know, I, I, one of the things I marvel at, you know, you, you, we often, you know, we, we get to meet a lot of spiritual people and, you know, we can talk about other people, we talk about ourselves. And sometimes you see people who are, you know, they meditate and they do their yoga or even they study spirituality. And it so often becomes an ego-focused taking right? I'm going to meditate more. I'm going to study more. I'm going to gain more wisdom. This is a very simple rule. If you are not giving 20% of everything that you have, of every gift that you have to others, you're not growing. It's just that simple. 
You might be a good person. You might be a spiritual person. You might be sharing a little bit. You're not giving 20, 10 to 20% of your time, 10 to 20% of your money, 10 to 20% of your gifts. You are not, it's not possible that you're going to accomplish what your soul came to this world to accomplish. And by and the way, yeah. that's what makes us happy. I think we need to realize all those other things. I'm not going to be stressed. I'm going to be meditating and be calm and look how I don't react and other people lose their temper. And I, You're still not going to feel fulfilled and happy at the end of the day. This process of transformation and growth has to happen for you to get to where you want to get to. And by the way, like you said, I think one of the keys, and you know, I think it's important to be, we ask the question, well, how do I know which of the sharing is most powerful for me? Because by the way, what's most powerful for you to share might not be, like there might be one person for him it's sharing money for is much more powerful people. for somebody else sharing their time. For one person, it might be sharing their gifts. And by powerful, we mean it's the thing that's harder for them to do, more difficult. And therefore will have the greatest effect, right? Because For them. I, what, I, what I would like our listeners to really understand is that, again, there's great reasons to be a spiritual person, a good person, share, but that's not really what motivates me. What motivates me is I, I know that I, like I said before, I want my gifts to be giving me so much. I want to enjoy every dollar that I have. I want to enjoy every minute that I have in life. I want to enjoy every 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 inspiration that I have, every piece of wisdom that I have. Maybe we talk about this a lot. Like I'll say, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It's really uncomfortable. And that's why I'm going to do it, right? We we have those conversations a lot. And that and that and that's what we want our listeners to know. When we talk about sharing, and now hopefully we've motivated our listeners to to give because they, we all want to grow, we all want to be, we all want to enjoy our lives, we all want want to enjoy our gifts. What is the most difficult thing for you to share? Is it your time? Is it your money? Is it your wisdom? Is it one of your other gifts? That's where you should be concentrating your giving because that will have the most powerful effect on you. By the way, I think that a lot of people, you know, I like to play devil's advocate and really, I think I, I go in between lots of different worlds, spiritual world, physical world, just different people, which I love because I love to learn from everybody's story. And I think that a lot of people struggle with giving because they don't know how to balance giving and receiving. So very often they give because they're people pleasing, right? Or um, it's the nice thing to do or how it look if they, it gets very complicated, right? So when they well, give- I'm against all those. Right, right. Yeah. But I think it's important to bring right. it up. And I think that sometimes people who are in that headspace, when they give, it's giving for the wrong reasons and to the wrong people. And then th- they might even resent in their giving because they didn't really want to and they felt forced. And I actually learned this lesson um, from my youngest teacher, Abigail, um, our daughter, our youngest, because uh, she seemed to have this whole giving and receiving thing very balanced. It was this, it was a few years ago and it was her birthday and my best friend was in town and I said to her, you know, we're gonna take you out where, you know, to a restaurant, wherever you want to go. She said she wanted to go to the sugar factory. Now, for those of you who don't know what the sugar factory is, it's exactly how it sounds. It's an extravagant place. It's all things sugar. And um, when the restaurant first opened, it was the most popular post on Instagram. I mean, people go there from all, all places of the world. They come here for this. So I don't eat sugar. Right. And when we got close to the night, I'm thinking like, oh my God, what I can't even like, what are we going to do there? So I tried to convince her to go to a different restaurant. One that (laughs) usually very convincing that I liked, but also my um, angle there was, it was across the street from the American doll store. Win-win, right? We'd get to eat at a place that um, we'd probably both enjoy me, maybe more. And uh, we should go to a favorite store. She looked at me and she uh, very calmly said, well, we can do both. (laughs) 
And I'm thinking, no, we're not going to do both because we don't have time for that. I'm not going to go to two restaurants. Anyway, but what, I, what struck me in that moment is that she wanted to give to me, right? And she also wanted to be able to give to herself. And I thought that was such an amazing balance of giving and receiving. She didn't sacrifice her joy or her desires or her happiness for sharing with me or giving to me. And I think that that's why often people don't necessarily give because they don't feel good in their giving because their giving is complicated and it has all of these other things that are that it's about. It's not about giving to really share, right? And especially if we don't give to ourselves, then it gets very complicated. No, for sure. And it's interesting, you know, the, the, one, one of the very few things that it says that you can actually test the system, and there's actually a verse where the, where the Creator says, test me in this regard. If you give with the right consciousness, you should see the relative immediate blessings from it. And like you said, scientifically, it's also proven, and there must be a reason behind that, that, that the action of sharing by and within itself generates a good feeling, a physically good feeling for the individual. Warm I would say glow effect. Warm glow it effect. It sounds nice too. Yes. Um I, I would and I would and I would take that a step further to our listeners. Giving in the consciousness of which we spoke about, that that it's not mine and therefore I have to share it in order for my gifts that remain with me to be to to be alive and generate joy and fulfillment. And also I can get even more money by giving more. Try it. This is one of the things that that I believe. There's no you, downside, certainly. Yeah, well, you, know, you could be out your whatever, your time or your money. Wow. But but this is a very provable practice. So I, I would strongly, strongly recommend it. And again, the reality is this: Are you really enjoying all of your gifts? Or more importantly, are you enjoying them to the degree that you're meant? If not, try this, because I can. I can. We can say from our own experience and from the experience for so many others that this works. This works as a way, again, not to be a spiritual person or a good person, but this works as a way for me to generate more enjoyment and fulfillment from the gifts that I have. And it also allows me to reveal more powerfully who I am. So there is a story I want. Did you have another idea you want to talk about? No, no, no but I wanted to share. But uh, I do want to share. This is one of the most inspiring um, things I've read in a really long time. Oh, really? Wow! It's a. Uh, did you share this with me before? No, I, I, don't oh, think, wow. I didn't. I'm um, then. It's she's a runner. You know, I love uh, mm. it another. Will person? I enjoy it then? Not being a runner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sweetie, because this is about kindness. Okay, and I'll enjoy that. Okay, so her I aspire to that. Jacqueline Naitepi Kiplamo. And uh, she's an elite marathon runner, and she was running a race in China. And uh, she's won many races, first prize winner. Um, this prize was $10,000 if she won. And uh, she's running, and she's way ahead of the pack. And... Um, she runs past a male runner at the 10 kilometer mark. And he's. How long was this run? Uh, it was a marathon. Okay. And anyway, she runs past a runner who has a disability. He didn't have um, arms past his elbows. And he was severely dehydrated because he couldn't hydrate. So while everybody, wow. if you're running a race, you know, you get people are giving you cups or you can get your drink from your pack and, you know, you have access to that. And he just wasn't set up properly. And she could see he was struggling. And she also saw that if she didn't stop to help him, he would not finish the race. So what she did, until she got to 28 kilometers, she ran alongside him and she fed him water. I don't know, it makes wow. me really emotional. 
because it wasn't just, let's say a marathon, this is her career, right? And she could win $10,000 and she needed the money. And a lot of other people ran past him and she ran alongside him and fed him water. And, um, and he did finish the race and then she finished second place, but wow. she clearly is the winner. And I think that that is where I certainly want to aspire to be. We never know what we're going to do in any given situation. And I think that the only way that we can be sure that we would make that kind of choice is if we practice giving, sharing kindness in every single way. You have to look for it. It has to be a choice. And I think that, you know, force yourself, find a community or, you know, because our, our environment influences us also. Find a space, a place where you know people are like-minded and you can even do something once a week together or once a month. Just start everywhere until it becomes something that you practice daily. Absolutely. To our listeners, I would say the most important reason to desire every single day, to make it our life's purpose to share. Because if you want to have the most amazing life, if you want to have the most joy, the most fulfillment with everything that you have, the only way, it's that simple, I believe, is by making sure that you're giving of them, of it. And then you can have truly, again, I think that 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 motivation, because again, I think that the spiritual motivation to be a good person and so on, that's nice, and that'll get you to give once a year, maybe, uh, maybe taxis or whatever, but what we're talking about is making it the way of life. And the reason you want to make it a way of life is because you want to enjoy life, and it's the only way. And also, I think that, you know, let's not assume somebody else is going to do it. I mean, she could have kept running and assumed somebody else would have helped him, right? I think we do that a lot in life. Instead, every time we see somebody, right, what's the opportunity there? I mean, and, and kindness is goes hand in hand with giving and sharing. So if your Amazon um, delivery comes, you know, make it a point to even recognize the person that's working so hard to get your packages to you. I mean, there's countless ways every day where we can do that. There's a a quote from, remember the show MASH? Sure. It was one of my favorite shows. I, I liked it too. It was kind of depressing, but I would watch it like before bed. Hawkeye. So everything was green and khaki color. I think you know, that was part of like, it. Is that what you yeah, didn't I think like? That's it? why it you didn't like my, the style choices? I, no, it was just like, you know how sensitive I am to uh, to color. and uh, I'm a big Alan Alda fan. But he, um, but it, I think he said it in, in one of the episodes. He said, it's nice to be nice to the nice, right? Okay, that's fine, right? We can give in those ways, but really, we're speaking about something much. It just be nice to everybody, and ultimately for your benefit, for yeah. your greatest, greatest life. So, um, oh, and I do oh. also want to challenge. I think our listeners in this month, right? Because it's December first, and for again, one, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, but for one month, whatever month that is, right? Make a commitment to yourself to practice radical kindness, meaning give, share ridiculously to everyone and anyone. And One month challenge. And test it. And see if you're not happier. And see if you're not enjoying the rest of your gifts even more. One month. One month. Yeah, and there's no, I, I promise you, there's no way that's not going to happen. There's no way. So I'd like to share a story uh, sent in by one of our, Romina, one of our listeners. Um, and again, please continue to send your questions, your stories, your comments. Uh, dear Monica and Michael, I want to share a bit about how Kabbalah and especially both of you have positively affected my life. I've been a student for six years in Caracas, Venezuela, 
And Kabbalah has opened new eyes to see life, especially giving to others. So it's not coincidental. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to read this last episode, but thankfully we That's didn't have funny. time, and I'm reading it now. This year, 2020, with all the social distancing, lockdown, and our Venezuelan domestic issues, I decided it was a good opportunity to see me. Something very scary popped up. I do not know who I am. I focus so much on giving to others, people, family, friends, clients, projects. I totally forgot about myself, interestingly, right? Because giving to ourselves is also a very important mm-hmm. part of giving. Right, that was the Abigail story. Right. She, was, she wanted to give to me, but she also wanted to give to her. Right. During the past year, I worked on improving relations with people around me. But, as Monica says, it starts with me. Mm. Although I progressed with improving relations with other people, the key issue was missing. The idea to work on my relationship with other people came about when I understood that the secret to a fulfilled life is to share and to give to others. Something is as if she has already heard this podcast. Mm -hmm. Something I completely avoided doing uh, due to a very bad childhood experiences. I've been a loner most of my life, and at school I was one of the kids, I was the one kids laughed at and rejected. Because of the horrible pain that I felt, I decided to withdraw from my classmates and discovered comfort in books. I would spend my lunch and recess time inside the school library. Of course, I felt a lot of resentment towards my classmates. However, I needed to be noticed somehow, so I became very competitive and worked really hard to excel at whatever came my way. This behavior continued for many years, until having the merit, in Michael's words, to be a student of Kabbalah. I understood the need to relate to people, not out of interest, but love. It has been a great journey so far. With Monica's three-day seminar for her latest book, I realized that, yes, I had made progress, but I needed to take a step further. How do I relate with myself? And I discovered that I barely know myself, a great challenge and one that has been rewarding, but also painful. I very much appreciate both your influence in my life, although we are miles and miles apart. Michael's teachings have given me the foundation to keep pursuing my spiritual work. Monica has been a beacon of light, as I can identify with her in many ways, especially choosing me first and knowing me first. Your book and workbook, Rethink Love, have been the means to explore work and discover me. What a nice letter you've chosen to share. (laughs) And again, any of our listeners who have not yet purchased Rethink Love, run to Amazon right away and purchase one and many copies for your friends of Rethink Love. I hesitated in reaching out to you because one of the things that I did as a child was to lose my voice. In order to change this, one of the first steps I chose to work on was to express my gratitude and appreciation to and for people. So thank you, Monica and Michael, for sharing wisdom, knowledge, stories, experiences, yourselves, and your beautiful family. With love, Romina. Thank you. Thank you, Romina. And um, like we often say when we get and we do get so many of these letters, it inspires us, motivates us. So please continue sending letters, whether it's appreciation, whether it's questions, whether it's your stories. Uh, we love to share them with our listeners. Can keep on sending your questions to Monica and Michael at Kabbalah.com. Make sure that you keep going to Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, five-star reviews, write reviews, share this podcast with as many people as you can. And um, as I often say, we do this because of the light and the wisdom, hopefully, and maybe some joy, maybe a few laughs that it brings to our listeners. And we hope that you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Bye. <laughs>